Welcome to the podcast series from the National Association of Directors of Christian Education. These podcasts focus on topics in ministry that will be a practical resource for those serving the Lutheran Church as DCE. As a benefit for members of NADCE, we hope these podcasts will encourage you in your calling and equip and strengthen you in your ministry area. I'm Shelley Haynes, and this month's podcast will be the first of two episodes that focus on urban ministry settings and the unique opportunities and challenges they present. I recently had the amazing opportunity to talk with DCE's Haley Davidson from Trinity Lutheran Church in Houston, Texas, and Andrea Rotger from Historic Trinity Lutheran Church in St. Louis, Missouri. Our conversation was really intense at times and awfully enlightening and inspiring to me as I learned so much from them about how our ministries are the same, but also very different. So grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the insights our colleagues in ministry share as we consider the importance of urban ministry within our church body. Hi, this is Shelley Haynes, part of NADCE's podcast team, and I'm sitting here with two DCEs um, in urban ministry settings, um, Andrea and Haley, and I'm going to give them a chance to introduce themselves. Also joined by Katie Morgan, one of our NADCE board of directors. Uh, thank you, ladies, so much for joining today. I'm really excited you're here. And yeah, we are hello. going to... Hi. We are going to uh, start with Haley. Would you give a sense of like the community, a sense of who you are, um, where you serve, um, a little bit about what your ministry sort of looks like, how long you've been in the field, those types of things? Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm Haley Davison. I serve at Trinity Downtown in Houston, Texas. Um, I have been here two years in September. Um, so that's really exciting. Yeah. I've been called in ministry for just about five years, 2023 marks five. Um, and so I started serving in 2017 on internship in Dallas. So this is my second call. Um, Trinity Downtown is a very longstanding uh, congregation. It's 151 years old, maybe 152. Cool. Um, and it has been in downtown for most of that time. Um, and so it's a really unique uh, congregation. It's a really fun experience here. Um, my job title is Director of Youth and Children's Ministry. So everyone zero to 18 um, is mine. And so it's kind of a really unique generalist opportunity for me in a larger congregation. Uh, so that's kind of me. I'm 27. Um, that's, you know, I love to be active. I love to dance. I love to rock climb. Um, and that plays out a lot in my ministry, I think. Um, so. That's awesome. Thank you. That's great. Uh, Andrea, why don't you go ahead and do the same? Can you introduce yourself to our community? Um, my name is Andrea Recker. I serve at Historic Trinity in uh, downtown St. Louis. Um, I am on my 20th slash 21st year of ministry, if you count internship or not. Um, my congregation has been around for 183 
years, I believe. And we sort of did start out with a social homeless ministry uh, at the very, very beginning when the boats arrived in Missouri. The ones that wanted to stay in St. Louis basically had to give up all of the what they would have had land down in Perry County. And so the initial pastors started trying to figure out how to get jobs for their members and have housing over their head and have food. And we've just sort of... Uh, through soup kitchens, through the Great Depression, until now, we do homeless ministry. Um, we, we serve people uh, six days a week. In the mornings, we give breakfast, give underwear, whatever else you need to get going on your day. Wow, that's amazing. And um, for the 20 years that you have been serving the church, Andrea, have you been at in historic downtown in the St. Louis area? I have been here for 10 years now. So I've served beach in Florida. I have uh, done the suburban experience in Nebraska. And so now just to get the full trifecta, I guess I could do mountains. Um, but to get the full trifecta, we are now in urban ministry. Now, when you, uh, when you came to St. Louis, did you get called knowing that urban ministry was going to be the 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 full scope of what you do ministry wise i would say what i i they brought me down to interview and when i left the interview i was like i have no idea how one would do ministry in a place where you don't actually have a spot our buildings are falling are falling apart you have what you have and that's why I took the call is because you couldn't, it wasn't predictable about what you would be doing from day to day and like things weren't going to go A to B. So I took the call because I sort of wanted to be part of that book because there's no book written on how to do urban ministry. I wanted to, to, to go forth with that. So I took it because of the challenge of it. I love that. I love it's actually that. part of why I took it too. Um, Cause I remember hearing from people, Oh, that's going to be really hard. Um, and I was just like, okay, God, let's go. Um, and and it's been a really challenging but fun experience to to kind of write that book. And um, Trinity also does uh, homeless ministry six days a week or five five days a week. Um, and so our sack lunch ministry is um, nine thirty to eleven thirty every day. Um, Mondays we give out um, pet food. Um, usually one of our volunteers brings homemade egg salad sandwiches. Um, and so it's really cool to see that um, and help our youth interact with that, um, especially during the summer. That's usually when that happens. I love that. Um, I have like five questions all teeming in the top of my head. But um, Haley, one of the questions I was going to ask you before was you said you're in Dallas and then you came to downtown Houston. Was urban ministry something like, you know, Andrea said she did all these different types of things. Were you kind of urban ministry from the beginning? You both sort of seem to have this adventurous spirit. Did you come by that from the very beginning or is this a new, a newer thing for you? So Holy Cross um, in Dallas, uh, I wouldn't say it fits the urban ministry of like a downtown church, um, but it definitely fits the spread outness of urban ministry. Um, and I'm sure, Andrea, you experienced this, where like most of our members don't really live that close. Um, at least in our context, uh, majority of our members kind of live spread out. And so it's been an interesting thing to see how God has prepared, because that's what I faced at Holy Cross. Um, yeah. And uh, Holy Cross really was community oriented. Like we did a lot of 
they had a very large school at one point and they had closed that. And so we had um, English as a second language. Um, we partnered with our schools. I got to teach leadership courses at a local middle school. Um, so it was a very interesting, different, prepared nature, even though it was technically a suburban church. Um, Cause it's, it's kind of, it's in Dallas proper, but it's certainly not in downtown Dallas. Um, downtown Dallas still scares me, like from a driving perspective, whereas downtown Houston, I'm like, I got this, no problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. I love it. Yeah. Okay. That's very interesting. And both of your churches um, have been serving their community at least 150 years. I'm wondering if that, I know Andrea said that hers was always the, the social uh, welfare and programs for people who are in need was always a top piece of that. Was Did Houston morph and change over time? Was it different when it first started or do you know much about its history of how they got into um, serving the community? Let's, let's be honest, I probably should know more than I do. Um, <laughs> I'm not much of a historian. Like it's an interesting thing to me, but I'm not the person who should be keeping track of the history. Um, I do think that a heart for our community has been consistent. Um, I know that uh, in the 19, like the mid 1900s, uh, we did like car ministry. Um, so people could come and bring their cars. We had people to work on them that kind of stuff. That was a really cool thing to learn. Um, so I think by and large, part of the reason that Trinity has thrived is the fact that it's always said, okay, what are the needs of our community and how can we meet that because of who is a part of our congregation? Um, so I should know more, but um, I'm, I'm quite positive that like a relationship with our community has been um, vital to this congregation. In fact, I know at one point they had an opportunity to get some space and move out to the suburbs um, and actively the congregation said, no, um, we're called to to be a downtown church. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, Andrea, you had mentioned some of the, um, the different types of practical application ministries that um, that the downtown church has been providing to the people in St. Louis. What do you think are some um, unique opportunities or challenges of the ministry that you're in right now? So we have a, what I would classify like three different types of members. Um, in St. Louis, I probably get in trouble for using this word, we call people of South City Hoosiers. It has nothing to do with basketball or Indiana. It's basically a, a reference to white trash um okay. there is this and so it's called a hoosier mentality those that are generationally poor um those that have continued that they tend to be uh, our neighborhood at one point was considered a white slum um it has since the 80s has been in a series this the city was going to blight our area and just bulldoze it over and make it into a railroad yard and so our church, along with some others, um, sort of fought for our neighborhood and it, and it switched. And so you have that component of your youth ministry, of your of your families that, that fit into this generationally poor um, lifestyle. And the Hoosier mentality is that you don't do better than your neighbor. 
And so getting kids to graduate from high school because they see, well, my dad, my mom's boyfriend has cash all the time. He never graduated from high school. I don't want to do it. Or that they figured you can hear their parents talking about doing the least amount of possible so that they can still get this kind of aid. They have figured out I need to work X many hours and hide that kind of stuff. So you have that kind of components of your youth ministry is how do I help those kids graduate from high school and become their biggest cheerleaders. So for those kids, I'm trying to find tutors. You're just asking about school, like just trying to help and give resources. I think one of the things we're, we're working on here is looking more diverse. Um, in a lot of ways, we, we look like the common Lutheran church, you know, 98% white. Um, and I think we're intentionally doing some things to change that. So we have a Spanish ministry. Um, and we also, and I mean, this doesn't necessarily change your demographic, but um, we are potentially going to be uh, the home base for the Deaf Church of Houston. Cool. Um, which is a really exciting thing. And I will be working on my sign language because I work on my Spanish already. I just have to find a way to learn sign um, because I think that's part of it is is someone saying, all right, there's, there's a gap here. Um, and I want to see if I can somehow bridge it. Um, maybe I won't always do it right or perfectly or what, but I think that's the the mentality is um, people are trying to bridge those gaps and we're trying to help our members be okay with being uncomfortable. Um, you know, you may not know this person, you may not understand the, the background that they come from, but like you can still love each other and do it well. Um, and so we're, we're working on that. And I think that's really for us, part of it is our leadership consistently um especially over time has has kind of said no we're gonna be a place that bridges gaps um you know trinity was uh, the first lutheran school in houston to have um uh during that segregation time period to have black students um i would say statistically the urban churches deal with suburban issues about 10 to 15 years before it becomes the it thing for you guys okay um what makes urban ministry what i'm gonna say great and why i probably will never leave it is that we leave our sin on the sidewalk and so like it's out there we can see it we can address it we wade through it it's not hidden and when you're out in the suburbs and i'm not gonna pick on you but there are so much time and resources used to cloak that. Mm. And there's just this wall and you never really get to the honesty of it. And I think with the greatness of, of urban ministry is, is that we can have honest conversations with people. I was having one of those uh, dinners at my house when Ferguson mm. was up. And it was one of these things like we needed to get the kids, the parents were... But we need to have an honest conversation. And so the, the question is, I know you guys want to be out there, but I need you guys to do it safely. And I need I need us to continue to have these, these conversations and to be real with each other to have these conversations 
Um, and just being in St. Louis, it was really hard for a couple of weeks. Like our neighborhood is usually full of a lot of voices and to drive in and be ready to open up the soup window and it be completely dead silent. It's not a good thing for dead silent. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a scary sound. Um, that's what I think the ability to have those conversations for, I mean, it's not like it was something that was new. Like these conversations have been being had at our level for a while. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this podcast sample. We hope you were encouraged by listening to this conversation about urban ministry. We will be sharing the next part of the conversation in a few weeks. To hear the whole podcast, members can log into the member area of our website at nadce.com. If you're not a member yet, we would ask you to also visit nadce.com and complete the membership application so that you can enjoy all the benefits of membership. The benefits include joining us at meeting tents and a man's table online community groups, receiving our NADCE quarterly publication, and getting a discount to our conference that happens every other year. We wish you God's blessings on your day.